Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Fortress Edgebaston has been breached by the Australians. Cut away! Cut away for four! What an innings! What a player! Oh my word, what a delivery that is! This is Pat Cummins, this is Australia. Absolutely at their best. Oh, big shot, big shot. What's he doing? Goal! Marvellous scenes. Australia retain the ashes. Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Unplayable Podcast. This is part three in our Ashes Revisited series. And today we go through the first three days of the third test of the 2019 Ashes at Headingley with one half of the Aussie Test Attack. Pat Cummins and Nathan Lyon. Welcome, gents. Thanks, Thanks, mate. Thanks for having us, mate. You've chosen a good test for us to do. <laughs> oh, no. Well, we had to get someone and uh, I figured you guys, being the sterling gentleman you are, will be able to happily go over this test match. I had to drag Lino in here, but... <laughs> I had no idea about this. Pat told me what we were doing about an hour and a half ago in the gym and he goes, I'm surprised you said that you'd uh, agree to this podcast, so it should be interesting. All right, well, maybe if you want to stick to one word answers later on, that's fine. <laughs> Well, we'll get into it because the uh, first three days are pretty good. So that's part three. Part four is day four, what, what to cover on the fourth day at Leeds. So we'll dedicate a, a whole episode to that. But before we get into the third test, what was the feeling like coming off Lords, the second test? How was the vibe amongst the group having escaped Lords with the draw? I, I thought Lords was kind of the one that got away before Leeds. <laughs> um, played really well in the first test. And I thought we, we carried on pretty well that, that Lord's test. We had a real chance to win the game um, on day two or three. And then Stokes and, and Butler had a really good partnership. And I felt like it switched from us being in the box seat to win that game um, to basically we, we held on for a draw. So really good game. A lot of it was mixed, missed due to rain, which probably helped us in the end. But, um, yeah, going to Leeds, I, I still felt like we – We'd shown some really good cricket. We felt like we had good game plans. And um, I, I remember starting off in Leeds really confident. Yeah, back up Pat's words there. I remember going to the Leeds training sessions, extremely confident, um, very happy with where, especially as a bowling group, where we were where we were at as, uh, as a group. Um, but I remember that first morning how dark and gloomy it was at, at Leeds. And I just thought to myself, like, this toss is so big. Not so big in, in during throughout the whole series. Every toss is big. Everyone says that, but I don't know. As soon as it's cloudy up there, you just want to bowl first. And I just remember seeing how dark it was. And then I think Harry and uh, Warner walked out the bat. Before we get there, though, a lot of the talk before the third test was about Steve Smith. He copped that blow at Lords. What was it like for you guys? Did you have a gut feeling about whether Smith would play in that third test? Uh, I. Knew pretty early on it was going to be tough for him to get up, mainly just because it was back-to-back tests. So we only had 
know, three days or something to play with. And I knew with all the concussion protocols, it was you basically needed four or five days, um, you know, to, to prove that you're, you're okay. So, yeah, I, I knew pretty early on that, that he wasn't going to play. And I think it might have been the day before or two days before they made the call. So I don't think it was too big of a distraction um, once we started. Yeah, no, it, it was one of those ones where we knew it was going to be tough for him. But I think as, I think what the medical side did with JL and, and Pony made that call very early. They didn't leave it up to the last minute. And they, they allowed the, the top six, seven batters to get get their head around actually playing and, and, and playing their role and what, what's going, going to be required. So, um, yeah, I think on on that side they handled that very well. And, and also Marnie came in, which would never happen normally if someone's injured but he'd had the chance to bat and he'd probably been our best batter in that that Lord's second inning so we knew that someone was coming in in hot form good player so um, no Steve Smith but it, yeah it wasn't too big of a distraction yeah the Amazon Prime Docker the test does a good job of taking the fans in there and that uh, first training session up at, at Leeds and Jail's got the team ready and he, and he tells everybody that Steve Smith's not playing but Marnus is going to be in there so that's um Good clarity for the guys. Uh, what did you What did you think when you found out that Smith wasn't going to play? Do you take it, Does your confidence take a bit of a dent knowing that the best batsman in the world is not going to be on your side? Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I dare say. So as a team, you go, oh, okay, we're losing our our best best batter and, and the best batter in the world. But in my eyes, and that gives someone else an opportunity to really stand up. And you look where Marnus is twelve months later. It's pretty remarkable story when you when you consider where where Marnie was and even before Lord's test match I remember bowling bowling to Marnus in the nets and he couldn't couldn't hit it out of the middle middle or save himself and he, he actually said that and he goes I've been batting um shocking in the nets but I'm I'm feeling feeling good I'm confident and let's go so um yeah it's it's good that it gave someone else that that role and that responsibility and Marnus has taken it with two hands. Has that happened to you before that you've bowled or batted terribly in the nets and then you've come out in the game and bowled the house down? Most most <laughs> most sessions, especially batting. <laughs> we'll focus on the bowling. <laughs> yeah, it's normally uh, it's normally the said thing is if you have a good session, you're like, oh no, I've had too good of a session there. I'm wasting them. Yeah, it's one of those things where you don't want to waste them. That um, and and it's well known in, in inside the cricket circles if. If you are hitting up and you are nicking them, um, you're better off just walking out there and there in, in the nets. Uh, I know I do that if I go into a, have a hit and I can't hit the ball or I'm nicking. I just well, best when fresh <laughs> approach when the batting. But uh, yeah, cricket's a funny game like that. Yeah, well, um, and in terms of like replacements, we said it last week, but uh, Marnus for Steve Smith. I mean, you couldn't find a more identical <laughs> replacement, could you? Yeah, it was good. Um, I guess the the one thing that I found really evident with Marty when he walked out to the crease at Lords was he had absolutely no baggage. Um, you know, we were almost halfway through the series by then, but he was fresh. He was he was sweeping the spinners. We're trying to save a game. He's sweeping the spinners. He's running at the spinners. He's um, you know ducking their quick bowlers. It was it was a breath of fresh air. Um, so that was great to see. I'll I, I just say, yeah, the, the one thing with Smithy missing that game was you could tell in the first two tests how how demoralised a lot of the English players were um, having him out there batting. So I think 
yeah, as much of his runs, that was the big one that we thought we might miss was just his presence out there. No, yeah, 100%, 100% you lose someone's presence. As Steve Smith, it's, um, I know that England, England would have grown an extra leg and got their confidence would have been gone through the, through the roof uh, knowing that Smithy wasn't around. And so, yeah, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure actually who loves who more. I think Marnus. I think it's the other way around. I think Smithy loves, loves Marnus, Marnus more. more. Yeah, I agree. Because everyone thinks it's Marnus hanging off Smithy, but I actually think it's Smithy starting to hang off Marnus. Why do you say that? Um, I don't know. I know everyone everyone jumps off the back of Marnie and stuff and his energy. I think Smithy's just getting a little bit jealous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I reckon you might be right. Also, Smithy's finally found someone that will say yes to him every morning to go for a coffee and breakfast. <laughs> All right, well, Australia make three changes. Well, two and a half, I guess. Labashain retains his place um, with Steve Smith out. Marcus Harris comes here for Cameron Bancroft. James Pattinson returns for Peter Siddle. England unchanged. Overcast morning, as you said, Nathan. England win the toss and elect a bowl. What was going through your mind when you saw the ball doing so much straight away? Pat up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, as you nick that, he has. What a beauty. It's that man Archer again. You can't keep him out the game. Yeah, it was going to be as soon as we lost that toss. It was, it was probably the worst batting conditions I've ever seen. It was overcast. The lights were on. Uh, it was dark. It was dark. It was proper dark. Like to the point where if that was five o'clock at night, I reckon you'd, you'd almost off. walk off. And um, yeah, they had a fresh attack. Um. Yeah, well, well, I I thought if we could bat through close to the end of the day, that's a massive win. Um, and, yeah, Davey played and missed 100 times, but unbelievable to get 60-odd on that wicket. Mm. Um, yeah, it's one of those ones where you, you you know first inning is going to be awful. You just try and hang on and you, you try and think your third innings, that's where you're going to have to win the game with the bat. Yeah, Dave Warner makes 61, as you said, played and missed a lot. Um, he had a pretty ordinary series around that innings. But when he does get runs, what does it do to the team confidence-wise when Dave Warner goes out there and puts some runs on the board? Uh, it gives all, all us headaches because he doesn't shut up usually. <laughs> uh, um, but Gets oh. me out of the changing room for a couple of hours. <laughs> <laughs> that's short and wide and spank. Oh, that's gone quick. But, um, yeah, no, when Davey goes out and scores runs and – uh, the big runs that he's been able to score lately after, after the Ashes, it, it's been absolutely incredible and his confidence goes through the roof and it, it, it allows the big boys to rest up for, for long long periods of time. And um, we always say if you give the bowlers, the big boys, a day off, they'll win your game of cricket more likely than not. And we know you need to take 20 wickets in, in a test match. So, um, yeah, by the back, off him getting runs, it's he energises the group. His volume goes up quite a fair bit. <laughs> Um, so it's yeah, it's pretty special. Yeah, and he's he's been a class player for um you know so long now that he most international bowlers around the world have scars where he's taken them down at some point. So you know that if he gets away, it doesn't have to be a hundred, even if he's on twenty or thirty. You see the the bowlers starting to worry. Um, but you saw was it was it Leeds where he was getting up and about and catching all the catches at first yeah. sleep. Yeah, yeah. When he started, straight after started playing catch then yeah yeah. <laughs> When you said give the big boys a rest, were you including yourself then, Nathan? No, nah, no. Nah. Yeah, the fast bowlers. The big boys, yeah. Okay. <laughs> just, just want to clarify that. So uh, wickets tumble 
it's a pretty bad day for Australia. Warner and Labuschagne put on 111 for the third wicket, but then lose their last eight wickets for um, just 43 runs to be bought at for 179. Inside 53 overs, Joffre Archer takes six wickets. What kind of impact does he make in a team? I mean, he just was at 100% straight away, wasn't he? Yeah, something you hear quite a bit in the English media over there is um, you know, probably more so when they come out here to Australia. They, they, they've got a lot of bowls around that kind of mid-130s, but they've always been looking for that bowler who bowls, you know, 140Ks plus. And, um, yeah, and they found one in Jofra. So I know during the World Cup they certainly got pretty excited about him. When he came in, we knew he'd be a, a different types of challenge to, to I guess the traditional, you know, Broad, Anderson, Wokes, the the one thirty five k bowlers who might try and nip it around. Um, so yeah, he bowled well. He made an impact, you know, early on. Yeah, I didn't really enjoy facing him to be honest, Sam. I think he got your LBW, didn't he? Oh, he even got me LBW and my stumps knocked over. <laughs> Usually happened every second test. I think. Here's the replay, Nathan Lyon, long way across, stumps into the knee roll. And thumps into leg stump. Is he one of the more, as a tailender, one of the more difficult bowlers to face? Because he doesn't sort of steam in. He just sort of sort of gently glides the crease and then it's all action and he's generating high speeds. Well, for the guys who can't bat, like Josh and myself, it's quite challenging. Um, yeah, his, his load up is quite quick. Um, and, yeah, he's quite quite strong at the crease. So the ball kind of tends to come down. Um, usually at our toes or at our head, so there's not much in between usually. So it's good to have a bit of slog, I guess. So <laughs> see how we go. On tough days like that, because you did the, the day finished with Australia all out. What's Justin Langer say to the team? I mean, is he too, is he hard on you guys? Is he sympathetic? What's what's the the message after the day one like that? No, I, I think we're pretty positive. Um, yeah, it, it, it's different to Australia here. It's, it's rare that you get a day one wicket that's going to be impossible to survive. Over there, you know, the ball was swinging around, nipping. You, you're pretty powerless. So um, I thought 170-odd was, was actually not a bad first inning score. Um, we knew the wicket was still going to be good to bowl on the next day. If anything, sometimes day two is better to bowl on. The, it just It's still got the nip and the swing, but it, the, the pace is just a little bit quicker. Um, so overall, I didn't feel like we lost the game there. We felt like we were right in it. Whereas, you know, suddenly if you get bowled for 50 or 60 day one on a wicket like that, that's game over. You're talking about the conditions, day one, dark and gloomy. You arrive to the ground on day two, sun's out, barely a cloud in the sky. You're just thinking that'd be right? Yeah, usually how it goes. Yeah. Uh, when, when we win the toss and... Uh, have to bat or lose the toss and have to bat. It's usually dark and cloudy. And when we're bowling, it um, usually goes the total opposite. Felt like that happened the first few tests. Happened at uh, Lords as well. And Edgbaston. Yep. Um, so yeah, it happens. It happens a bit over there. But I, I, I think our strength and it has been over the last few years is is our fast bowling. I think you look at that second day. You, uh, James, Pat, and, and Josh really, really stood up, and like especially Josh to come out there and bowl the way he did with in partnerships with these guys. It was absolutely exceptional, exceptional to watch. Were we bowling for 60? 67? Mm, that's right. Josh Haywood says on the test that uh, Steve Smith goes to him a little bit less movement on day two. I reckon they'll nick them all, and they sure did. Edged. 
good catch. Edged and gone. Four wide. Nick gone. It's another one. Oh, Nick gone. What a catch. Warner takes another screamer at slip. Excellent bowling and excellent fielding from the Australians. Yeah, there it is. So far across his stumps, that leg stump Yorker did the trick. And it's five wickets for Josh Hazelwood. And Australia have bowled England out for 67. Paddy, could you believe what's happening? I mean, the wickets just don't tumble like that very often. Normally, in recent times, unfortunately, it's been Australia that seemed to collapse <laughs> those low scores. But the shoe was on the other foot this time. Yeah, it was, um, it was one of those ones that you keep waiting for a partnership to build. And we managed to keep finding wickets. Um, I'll, I'll go back to the Lord's Test because I think it was... Oh, day two or three where the, the match was really evenly balanced and we got a couple of late wickets and um, and we all got pretty excited. And then I, I remember we put so much pressure on ourselves. Was it day three or four? And we, we felt like we could have won the game that night and anyway, it ended up slipping away. And we kind of reflected on that before the Headlingley test and thought we got a little bit too... Our emotions were a little bit too high there. So... One thing I will say was when we got the bowled them out for 67, not one said were we over the top. Even after we bowled them out for 67, it was everything was still quite in check. We would, you know, acknowledge it was a great day and, and gave everyone a pat on the back, but it wasn't. We weren't yee-hawing or anything like maybe we would have if that was a, you know, any other time. And Patty, you said that's the best couple of hours you've bowled as a bowling group. What about it that you guys did so well? Uh, discipline, you know, there was no full half volleys. All our bounces were right on the money. Um, there was no width. Everyone that came in, every batter that came in, we started off really well too. We didn't give them a free a free start. Um, and everyone played their role. Uh, you know, the the three quicks and then Gazza when he came on, um, there, there was no weak link there and everyone clicked. And it was one of those days where, they managed to nick them and we caught them all. Um, doesn't happen too often. Yeah, you're getting um, gloves down the leg side. You know, even Stokes well, was, was edging a water. What are you talking about? The, the, wokes, <laughs> the wokes one. <laughs> yeah, deliberate. Yeah, well, you got that straight. That was straight <laughs> off the break, wasn't it? Cut, yeah! Glove. Is that glove? There is glove. What a start after lunch. Wade drops a catch and then Hazelwood bowls leech around his legs. I mean, it seemed everything was working. Uh, all out for 67, as you said, in 27.5 overs. Hazelwood, five for 30. Is that the best you've seen him bowl? It's up there. Yeah, it's up there. He, he bowled beautifully the whole series. I thought Lord's Hill was outstanding as well. Um, the thing that I was so happy for Joshy that series was um, he had the, the obvious disappointing uh, disappointment of being left out of the World Cup squad leading to the Ashes series. He's... His last game that he played with was the Sydney Test match. So he really had about six months where he was trying to um, rehab his, his body and then get back up to a standard, ready for a Test match in foreign conditions, um, you know, bigger series possible as a, as a Test bowler and one that he'd put quite a lot of pressure on himself. Um, so I, I was just so happy when he – well, first of all, he missed out in Birmingham, but when he got his chance at Lord's, Straight away he was on, and um, we all we've played a lot with him, and we know how good he is. It was I was so happy for him to to put on a show and, and show the world, and um, to some extent even some of our staff and, and uh, you know say Payne as captain. The last year or so, Hoff's played you know a few games, but 
just really showcase that he's you know right up there with the best in the world when he's on. I was really happy for him. Pat means that he's up there alongside him, best oh, in the world. All right. But he's spot on though. I'll <laughs> echo his words there, but he's just now he's level pegging with Pat, <laughs> he reckons. You're an idiot. <laughs> Cummins, you took three for 23, Pattinson two for nine, and Nathan Lyon, just none for two, mate. Off one? Off one. It's when you said he bowled. Yeah, I'll I'll I'm going to remember. I presume you. I was, was going to chime in. The old token over one, one over before yeah, lunch. Over. <laughs> now, as you said, right. a bit expensive. Australia takes 112 run lead into the third innings, but you guys weren't uh, weren't thinking the game was over yet. Had plenty more to do. No, well, in my eyes, this, this is this is where we let the game slip. Um, I know, obviously, that I missed a run out, and we had many chances so it's quite easy for me to sit here and say that but you're looking at third third innings of the game um if and how many what was our lead 100 and what? 112 112 we should have absolutely batted our asses off and and buried the game even deeper like even when we rocked up that game only went four days we we're playing this t- game in fast forward there was a. I, I think we missed a trick, and by what did we get bowled out for? Two hundred and two forty-six. Yeah, I, I, I just think if we we missed a trick, if we somehow um, show either show more discipline or or find a way to to fight harder in in situations like that. I know personally when I've been when we've been in roles of reverse and a team has we bowled a side out and they have a lead of hundred plus, they bat. They bat and they bat and they make us bowl and bowl and, and get them out, not not give us wickets. Um, so I think that's a big learning curve for us and that we can get better at as well, that we can, yeah, even when conditions are hard, that we really show show some big Aussie fight to really really put the game away. Mm. How, was, how was the crowd at that point? You've just bowled them out for 67. Uh, they're pretty loud up there in, in Leeds and as you'll find out, they get really loud. But uh, at that point, could you hear a pin drop? Yeah, they were quiet. They, um, I mean, the English don't really need an excuse to moan or to go <laughs> negative. And I, I remember after that day two, the 67, everyone, they're all, oh, no, ashes are over, hand them out. You know, worst batting side ever, all this kind of stuff. And, oh, I mean, we bowled it we knew it was totally overstated, everything. Um, but, yeah, I'll back up what Gaz said there. Oh, I thought that was a chance to bury them. You know, that's the best time to bat, day three or so. Bat long, um, yeah, get a big lead and and really, yeah, take the game away from um, Luckily, I, I can't remember actually. I was thinking of Manchester when Smithy came out and batted, but... That was the next game where we yeah, played in yeah. fast forward as well. Marnus, Marnus got more runs. Yeah. well, he, he run himself out when I was batting with him. His call? We'll get yeah. to that. We'll get to that in a sec. But uh, we haven't got past day two yet because more action. As you said, this game was in fast forward and Australia lost more wickets that evening. That's Gloss coming back in. How do you go that day? Like... You want to? Do you want to celebrate the the, the, the win? Like, the, not the win. Do you want to celebrate bowling them over cheaply? But you know you've got to keep a level head. Is it hard to, to keep your emotions in check around that time? That's the beauty of Test match cricket. It's a it's a roller roller coaster ride. Um, but I, I do think it is important that you 
you're able to sit at the end of the day and and um, point out your, your mate, your, your one of your mates' success. And I think that was Josh Josh's day, to be honest, to go out and bowl the way he bowled and echoing Pat's words. I, I do think he's up there with the best in the world because his his consistent record. I think he he is absolutely outstanding. So I think it is important that on those days to really point out. Um, our teammates' success and, and make a good point of it, and making sure that everyone has an upbeat energy and can't. Because if you have a fear of um, of losing or failing, then if you can get out of that and have somehow get find some confidence and, and build confidence up, the confidence will grow throughout a whole team. So I think it's quite important that you identify everyone's success. Yeah, yeah. I'd say one of the beauties, but also the the hardest thing about you know, test matches, you can have two great sessions and then one poor session and suddenly it's, it's you're back to, um, you know, square one. So I, I think we were, we're obviously pretty excited. 67, great, great result. Um, yeah, but by the end of the day, it's, you know, that was three hours ago. It seems mm-hmm. a world away um, and, and you concentrated on the batting. Yeah, at Stumps, Australia, six for 171, leading by 283. Unbeaten on 53 was Marnus. Um, you talked about how well he played straight away coming into that Lord's Test match. Is that where he really earned his stripes on that series and in those games? Yeah, I mean, JL said it, said, kept saying that a lot about Marnie, didn't he? Um, I mean, for me, oh, oh, we had, a, what was it, a week or two in Southampton before the first test. And we hadn't seen a lot of Marnie for the previous three or four months. Um, I know he played the against Sri Lanka in the Test Series. Then he went over and played um, county cricket. We went and played one-day cricket in, in the World Cup. I was really, really impressed when he came to Southampton. I thought he looked really sharp. And, you know, he'd scored a 1,000 runs. You, you can't forget about that. So, for me, I, I thought it was a real chance to play in that first Test in Birmingham. He was really unlucky to um, miss we knew that, yeah, if he got a chance, he was, he was ready, you know, scored a amount of runs in, in first-class cricket um, in the previous few months. So when he came in and, and did well, um, yeah, I, I wasn't overly surprised that he he had, you know, success, but I think the way that he just took it to the next level, he, he went from being um, you know, someone who I thought would, you know, deserved his place in the side to someone who was suddenly top few batters in the world um, which you know exceeded all my expectations straight away yeah from after I've obviously played with him in his debut and um, obviously he was an energised bunny then he still is now but I think um, obviously he had to taste his test cricket but then got dropped for whatever reason but then he come back and played the Sri Lankan Test Series, I think. Then he went to Glamorgan, I think. When he went to Glamorgan, he, he's figured out a game and he's figured out his own technique and he's believed in that technique ever since. So you, you talk about earning earning your stripes. I think he definitely has that. He, as Pat said, he's gone from um, being, being a good batsman, being to up there with Smithy, first two batters picked straight away um, in, in Australian Test side. And... I, I, hats off to him. It, it's his work ethic. Like yeah. we're not surprised, but he he works hard. He and he he loves it. Like we all love the game, um, but Smithy and him love it to a, a different level, which is work, works well for both of them. Yeah. And you you love like people like Marnie who goes he goes away, he reinvents himself. He's thinking thinks about 
what he needs to change, has enough courage to actually change and, um, you know, reaps a reward. So they're always the most satisfying guys, you, you know, when they do well. I think that is the big key though, isn't it? That you've got to have the courage to make the changes. You can practice it all you like in the nets, but it's actually taking those changes out into the field, which is so impressive. He was really impressive in that last session. So was Ben Stokes, who bowled pretty much unchanged for 16 overs uh, as Arch went off the field uh, with what turned out to be cramps. Um, I guess his batting will be primarily remembered in this series, but just how impressive was he in that, that last session bowling pretty much unchanged for the whole session? Yeah, I think he bowled close to it was over a dozen overs or something straight um i remember because i was next year and i was counting them <laughs> um but yeah just you know one of those characters who i mean he's he's had um you know he, he's one of those guys that looks to drag the whole team with him um you know they were ready to to go down and out you know bowl for 67 you know their quick bowler who'd taken wickets um, in the first innings, he was off the field, but he just said, all right, well, I'll stand up and, and give me the ball. And, yeah, he, he bowled, you know, as well as anyone that series in that particular spell. Um, and, yeah, you, you can tell he, he's the – when he's up and going, you can you can tell the whole, whole team kind of goes with him at times. Oh, yeah! yeah, it's going finally at last. Ben Stokes gets a reward for a magnificent spell of bowling. Yeah, Ben Stokes, he's obviously a superstar. Um, so, it, and as Pat said, he's one of those ones that will stand up and have a fight. It must be the Kiwi in him, I guess. But uh, uh, he just really stands up and wants, wants to have that fight on the field and, and really lead, lead, lead by example, and he certainly does that. He's a freak, freak athlete, um, brilliant bowler, unbelievable fielder and a pretty handy batsman as well. Yeah, just on Archer, have you seen a, a bowler leave with cramps like that and come back off? <laughs> yeah, Josh Hazelwood in his first test. <laughs> yeah, but that was 40-odd 40, 40 degrees at Brisbane, not not with the vest on That's right. at Henley. I think he lost about six kilos that day too, didn't he, Hazelwood? <laughs> uh, so you guys talked about trying to bury the game. Uh, that's day two done. Uh, how, how was JL after after stumps? Was he a little bit disappointed with how the, the day had gone after it starting so well? As I said earlier about the Lord's Test, we felt like that was one that got away from us. Um, we were in a really good position just to let that slip. And I think if you asked us around, you know, lunchtime that day, again, we were in a great position. And, you know, losing six for at stumps is it's another time where you just let that small opportunity slip. And, and if you let it slip, sometimes it's hard to wrestle that back. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure we would have had, you know, mixed emotions, obviously, at the start of the day, we probably would have taken that, um, you know, obviously. But um, the position that we were in a couple of hours earlier, it's just, you know, everyone just wants that, wants it so badly that there's high pressure. Every session has so much riding on it. And, yeah, you really feel the ups and downs pretty pretty clearly. You can really feel the extra pressure of an Ashes test. Oh, 100%. Um, you, you feel it before even going out there. You feel it in the lead-up. Um, uh, even talking about it, even walking down the street here in Sydney before you actually get on the plane, it, it's a lot of lot of people from all different ages and just come up and just just make sure you beat the palms, just make sure you bring the ashes back. So it's it's constant, like, and it just proves how big Australian cricket and Australian and cricket is is a sport around the world. But yeah, it's it's amazing and it's pretty pretty powerful. The Ashes series, that's for sure. 
day three, Marnus keeps going. He scores 80 as Australia posts 246, setting England 359 to win. Did you think that was enough? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I thought it, I thought it was enough. And with you look at our bowling squad, um, I'd be disappointed if guys um, teams were able to to chase that down, considering how much time we had to bowl bowl guys out as well. Um, but some day, some days people just have days out, and obviously Ben Stokes' innings this the second innings was absolutely incredible but you can't take away much from from the bowls especially the quicks I thought our quicks are absolutely exceptional and I think that's a good place to wrap up the podcast thanks Sam (laughs) (laughs) covered everything we needed to there's a little bit more to go Um, what about you Pat did you think 359 was more than enough oh you know I'm a bowler I'd prefer to have 500 but sure um, yeah I I thought 300 on those wickets um, in our bowling attack I thought you know if, if we bowled to our potential and they, um, you know, they'd need to do something pretty special to get over 300. Um, what, what I will say is, and maybe it's just because we'd, we'd come from the first innings, but I definitely felt like the wicket was getting a lot flatter and slower. Oh. Um, and it wasn't breaking up like Birmingham where we knew you know, spin was going to be a big factor. Um, I'm probably making some excuses. No, but no, you're not. It, it, by day on. four and five, it's a, it's a totally different wicket to, to what it is on day one and two. That's what you talk about. Hazelwood was talking about it, how it felt like day one was kind of like minus one and it was sort of unprepared because it was moving so much and that by day four, it was the probably a day three wicket and there'd been and so much time lost to light and rain as well. So there hadn't been that many overs on the, the pitch to begin with really. And it's not hot. Yeah, and so it's the wicket's not not baking it. It's quite pleasant. Like I said before, that we played this test in fast forward, and then suddenly we got to day four, and it was the best conditions that you could possibly want to bat in. Like there was not one cloud the whole day, and it was, the wicket was pretty slow, and there wasn't movement left, right, and centre. So tough work. Yeah. You guys did start England's run chase very well, though, removing both openers inside the first seven overs. Paddy, how about that ball to get Jason Roy? Do you remember this one? Holding beauty, an absolute beauty from Pat Cummins. Hit the top of off stump, they say. That is what he did. Yeah. um... (laughs) You're struggling to remember. (laughs) No, I think I do. Um... He he definitely does. It's just the fact that Jason Roy was opening the batting. No. Well, Josh um, Hazelwood said last week that he could see him being a, a good lower order, middle order player, but at open, it was a good matchup for the right arm bowlers for Australia. 100%. Yeah, yeah. He, you know, he's a good player, especially the white ball. He's, he's dangerous. Um, in England, it's the hardest place in the world to open the batting, and you can't really go out there and take the game on because you, you're just going to get a ball that's going to nip or. Um, it's got your yeah. name on swing, so I guess that's why David Warner hasn't got the greatest record over there either, because he's the player that does take on the bowling. And again, his record in England is nowhere near as good as it is in other countries and other parts of the world. So there might be something in that. Yeah, oh, for sure. It's no, I reckon if if you're an open batter and you can average thirty in a series like that, you know, half the time you're batting on a day one wicket, half the time it's overclear, overcast. It's hard work, but um. Yeah, I remember that one. I was pretty happy because, um, yeah, I'm not a huge swinger of the ball and I think that one just swung and nipped enough and top of off, that's what you're always aiming for, eh, Gaz? 
Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. I'm usually trying to hit the top of the leg. But. 29 wickets in the series for you, Paddy. What was your favourite one? Can oh. I answer it for him? Go on. Joe Root, Manchester. Oh, to start the, the, the second their second innings. Yeah, yeah, for sure. This is Pat Cummins, this is Australia, absolutely at their best. The perfect delivery. Aim at the top of off, hit the top of off, and the England captain is gone first ball. And, you know, a couple of reasons. Probably close to the best ball I've ever bowled, but Joe Root, class batter, he's you know, their skipper. To get him first ball, it felt like that two down, we're well on our way. Um, Day five in Manchester, I felt like if we had ten wickets to get, that would have been a tough, a tough ask. Um, whereas eight wickets, having two of their you know, their best batters that series out, I felt like we were well on our way. Um, we're so, still talking about leads, though, aren't we? Well, I'm, I prefer right. to talk about other ones. <laughs> <laughs> we can jump around to other games. Uh, yeah, okay. There you go. Ball the ball the summer. Well bowled. Uh, Root and Denley. Put on 126 and 53 overs. So this is the run chase on day three. Things are looking pretty good. Did you feel the momentum change a little bit? Uh, even though you, they had so many runs to get, they put on a partnership. Did you guys feel like you were sort of getting back to parity at some point? Yeah, I think throughout most of the series, even when there was partnerships, or you felt like you're in the game, there was player misses and ball might have been spinning. I thought when they came out to bat, they batted really well, but I don't remember the ball doing too much. I felt like the wicket was getting slower. Um, when the wicket's slow, you basically takes out the slips and anyone behind the wicket from getting a nick, um, and they and they batted really well. So I remember being a little bit worried when there were only two or three down, um, even though they were a long way from home. Yeah, it's just like in Test cricket, though. Like if. We're playing against some, some of the best players in the world, so you've got to realise and be patient enough and hang in there and have confidence in, in challenging their defence for long periods of time. And But some days you've got to give them credit as well. Like They're good batters. They're, they're good 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 batters of spin bowling in my, in my case. But Joe Root, um, especially, he's, he's one of the best batters in, in the world. And, um, yeah, you just kind of hope that we'll be able to get that breakthrough to knowing that it's going to be that hard to start or thinking in, in my head that if we're able to get one wicket it's going to be that hard to start off the back of playing the game in fast forward but the, it went pretty pretty quiet there for a, a period even when we did get a wicket it was usually ball doing something but it felt like the ball wasn't doing a great deal wasn't really moving swinging or or anything like that and the whole pace went out of the wicket so it was become pretty challenging to be honest. And during that uh, Root-Denley partnership, Tim Payne burns one of the reviews to Denley off your bowling, Nath. Do you remember that one? Can you remember why you guys decided to go upstairs for that? Because there was a similar shout at Lords. I think you guys reviewed it as well, same batter. But, um, Forward defence and going over top leg, was it? Yeah. Just spun a bit too much. Yeah, that's Hawkeye, isn't it? Hawkeye ball, does amazing ball things. Ball tracking. Um, uh, I don't really recall that, to be honest, um, but I can imagine what it was. Um, but our, our reviews in through that whole whole series wasn't the greatest, obviously, and I think that, that hurt us in different areas. But at the end of the day, we've got, what is it, 15 seconds from yeah. initial impact to... And 
that's not very long to go out there and, and make sure that and we've got a pretty good process now that you got to you got to go through before the painting goes up but i think that's one one area where we can do do better with okay so at stumps root and stokes have survived uh stokes in particular he refused to play a shot do you remember he i think it was like two or 50 at stumps were you surprised by that it felt like england batting so slow but just trying to take the game as deep and as long as possible but were you surprised to see stokes just shut up shop completely oh, he looks like a genius now doesn't he I know at the time I thought, oh, he's gone away from his, you know, his natural game, and um, I don't, I actually don't really remember thinking about it until we walked the field and you saw that he was on so much. You know, I, I, I just felt like he just was playing to the the time, um, and he didn't want to get get out in front of a break. So I th- you look at it now, and he, he he's played it ab- absolutely perfectly as well as you can, and have have one of those innings so yeah I, I didn't really consider can take that into mind to be honest okay so stumps England 3 for 156 after 72 overs they still need 203 to win the game as you left the field how are you feeling Did, how confident were you that? how many down were they there were 3 you need 7 wickets three. yeah I think we're pretty confident um, I mean it was it would have been nice to roll out the the edge bastard wicket again on days 4 and 5 um but that was probably another time where we thought, you know, we had a really good score and we, we bowled really well and, um, you know, got them. But I just thought it was going to be hard work as usual, but I, I still thought the game was ours, ours, ours to win and um, retain the Ashes at that stage. Um, so, yeah, it was one of those ones where you tried not to think too much of it and and I know personally I, I tried to steer, steer away from looking at the scoreboard and just trust my, my processes and what I go through for my bowling uh, and make sure that I'm bowling well in, in partnership with these guys. So, yeah, didn't go that well, that well, did it? Well, that's where we're going to leave the first part of the Heavenly Test match, part three of our series. Uh, we're going to come back next week for part four, which is all about day four. You guys, Great. Are, you guys are going to be here Can't wait that. to hear about it. <laughs> I might be sick. <laughs> we'll tune in next week as we go over the dramatic final day. We'll catch you then. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.